This is Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. Jennifer? Richard. <laughs> Hi, baby. I'm so shocked to find you here in the Ethernet. <laughs> yeah, I'm spending a lot of time in the Ethernet, actually. Wouldn't it be funny if, uh, you know, we go on like 100 years from now, where we continue doing a podcast on the flip side, but only people on the flip side can see it? <laughs> I think we probably will be doing that. What I can't wait for is our next life coming back going, wait, those two people look really familiar. Right. You, I don't know, something about you annoys me. And I'm not really sure what it is, but I know. Well, sure. Why is it interrupting? No, I'm kidding. No, and I do I do ask that question a lot because uh it's that thing of you know, when you meet somebody you love at first sight. And if you start asking somebody like, well, how did you meet? What was the actual moment? When they start talking about it, it's all in past tense. I knew this was the person. I I'm felt, you know, blah, blah, blah. And my point is you've already known them prior because you planned this whole thing to meet up in this weird, you know. Luana says, she just is saying that right now. She's saying that she planned it. Wow, brilliant. She was the mastermind. She's like, yeah, I was roll the dice whether you guys would find each other. <laughs> Well, it was, you know, I had never really examined it. I've talked about how uh, my you wife said, no, I don't work with mediums like you did tell me. Well, no, I mean, but I'm just saying I examined the love at first sight uh, uh, story with my wife and I, you know, and how I we met that. yeah, and, and how within about 10 minutes, I said, why don't we just get married, skip down and have a couple of kids. And then since then, <laughs> she says, I say that to everybody at Starbucks. But I've really never really examined uh, the first time I met Luana, other than we were assigned a screenplay. We were both taking a screenplay class at USC Film School and assigned a, like a, a screenplay that took place in the medieval era. You know, it was all about uh, the plague. Right. <laughs> How funny. Anyway, and uh, she liked it. I hated it. Anyway, doesn't matter, but not, you know, I when would, I examine I'm, probably, I'm pretty sure I lived it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So who knows? Uh, okay, Lou, we've only got a half hour today. So let's throw half the, uh, let's open the velvet rope and see who you want us, by the way, people tuning in for the last time. Luana's <laughs> our friend on the flip side who manages our classroom over there, my friend for many years, uh, who yeah. passed away about, I don't know, 30 years ago. And <laughs> oddly enough, is guiding us through this podcast. Thanks, Lou. Take it away. Okay. Hold on. Okay, she's showing me you in my mind's eye again. Hmm. Well, I'm like, what did he do this time? Yeah, what I do? What did I do? No, she's saying, just matter of fact, it was your dream last night. Okay, very good. And Jennifer and I, who never get a chance to talk, uh, just yesterday we just happened to chat briefly and i remembered because i was mad at you you want to <laughs> want to explain why why <laughs> because you don't have your latest book on your oh yeah website. how That's dare right. you yeah I I... like what is wrong with you it's my favorite it's my favorite book i you know and i was at the I doctor all my new clients i was at i was at the doctor's oh. office a new routine you know checkup and and so i've tried to put it together immediately but anyway yes you're right it's up there now uh tuning into the afterlife the audible version you can find it at richmartini.com which is the martini shot um but we just had that one little moment where you were saying to me hey fix the website yeah goon um 
and I remembered this dream that I had. And I think Luana wants it. Lou, is that right? You want to talk about that dream? Yes. So I was, you know how in a dream you become aware of something. So it's not like I could see the beginning. I only saw this middle portion or the end portion. Can I tell you something really cool real fast? Yeah, sure. So I, in my dream, I hit, an, I hit a hole in one at Pelican Hill. <laughs> but then when I woke up, I had a text message from um top golf because they just opened up they're opening up tomorrow's their, their first day and i of course i'm going to start playing you know i love top golf it's so much fun in el segundo it is so much fun but it my dreams always end up with the text message that of course i have no awareness of it until the next morning but i just find it funny now i'm like of course i hit a hole in one and then that shows you know yeah well it's it's almost like the golf message came to your mind before it came to your phone. Yes. Yeah. Which is the future. We're going to patent that and you're going to get mind mail. Mm, that's <laughs> right. true. Definitely. So I am sorry. No, imagine I'm how annoying spam would be for mind mail. Oh my gosh. Can oh. you imagine? Rawr, 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 all day long. Stop sending me stuff. So funny. in this dream, was that you? No. Oh, I heard a, it was like your voice. It was like somebody else's voice. Lou, are you talking to us? Um, in this dream, I was aware that I was standing somewhere with my hands like this in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to create something out of light and out of energy. And I have witnessed this before uh, in a classroom many years ago when I was doing a, a session with Scott DeTamble who, by the way, Scott Tatamble, lightbetweenlives.com, May 20th to the 22nd. He's doing a workshop, and I'm going to appear at least for an hour. But in one of these sessions I did with Scotty, and Jennifer's done a session with him, I had been in a classroom where someone was showing me how to create crystal. And they were telling me, because I asked, like, how do you do that? Like, how do you create a crystal? And they said, well, it takes time, intent. It takes uh, pressure over time and they were showing me these symbols on a chalkboard all of these were like physics mm -hmm. but actual referred to things and so here i am two nights ago my hands open and i'm ideating creating a flower but it was more like a tree so this white light sort of came into focus and then there was a tree in front of me so i was literally creating a tree and and it wasn't just that because i was also aware that i was creating feathers that i had a i had sort of like a whole flock as they call it you know whatever or mm -hmm. feathers in front of me you know not in a row and not like flapping or any of that stuff just they were all you know in my in my hands white feathers so hey lou what was that about huh hold on a second She's first showing me the concept the in <laughs> I said, I'm asking her, I'm like, is it intention or concentration? She goes, all of it. It's intention, it's the concentration you have. But of making, she's making me feel like it's particles, of putting together particles that become a substance. And then she's showing me being it connects to everything else. Like it's she's showing me like the crystals in Hawaii connect to the crystals in Peru Tibet, in Tibet. Yeah. 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 Um, 
that energy is seamless. She's making me feel. So, huh, this is much more, hold on. <laughs> oh, why not? She's expressing it as what you do now. Only, I don't know why she's showing me the desk. Um, That's okay. That's okay. Your desk, my desk, whose desk? My desk. Oh, so creating a desk, for example. Creating wood. I mean, wood is atoms that agree to like, hold space. Right. Like if you, obviously I'm not, I can barely create food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, meth, yes, mixed food. Right. <laughs> hold on. I think my dad's coming in making me, making fun of me. Oh my gosh. He just made fun of me. He showed me a memory that of course I wouldn't remember, but it had to do with, he told me to turn on the oven and I forgot because I was on the phone. I was 16. I forgot I was on the phone and he's like, Jennifer, come down here. I'm like, oh shoot, I forgot. I'm like, I'm like, dad, they're not done. And I put him back in the oven. He goes, you never turned it on, sweetheart. You turned on the other oven, but you never checked to see. Like, it's just so, the thing was just so funny. And I'm like, I just went like this and went back. He's like, oh, you wanted to string me. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for that yeah. memory. Um, okay. You, huh. you are the, wow. You are the creator of your universe, but then she takes it onto the multiverse. Okay, and but I just want to clarify. Um, I mean, that's a profound thought, but the idea of, you know, it's stiff. Go ahead. Going back in. Hold on. It's you know she. I asked her. I'm like, is it the eleven? I did my own interpretation. Like, is it eleven eleven? Like, we're we're saying multiverse here, but does that mean the afterlife too? Are we creating everything? You know. Um. Yeah. Yes, you are. You're creating everything. Well, I was talking about this with somebody who reached out to me the other day, uh, somebody who knew somebody in our class and said, you know, I want to talk about this guy. And so we just had this conversation in this same vein, which is not so much that the idea of the multiverse is that, you know, if you make a decision here, there's some other universe where you didn't make that decision and your life went on. That's not what she's talking about. I don't think so based on yeah. all the stuff. It's yeah. that when you're in the outs off the planet, outside this planet, off planet, you create, you have a mental realm where you create everything, you construct everything. So you can make houses, you can make tables, you can make chairs, you can make football stadiums. If we talk to people, you can make racetrack events with the entire state, you can do all of that. And others can participate and also add their own mix to it. So that, so that idea of like the group thinking, but in this case, I think what she's trying to say is we do create, a re create a re our reality, our senses, right? Everything that we, they're mm -hmm. electrical signals that go to our brain. He's showing me the feelings that are involved. It has to do with the feelings. And I know we get told this all the time that when you, when you want to create something, you have to assume as if it's already happened. Um, and so let me follow that with what she's saying about feelings sure. with it. Um, got it. If you don't have, so if you don't have those feelings associated with it, it's the same as if you pick up a rock or if you pick up a crystal, you might just think it's a rock because it has no significance to you. But if you pick up a crystal and you think there's intention, there's like what, what you expressed in making it, that it could be this connector to multiverses, to different dimensions, to history, to the future. She goes, that's how you have to that's how you have to feel whenever you're creating anything. 
If you're stuck again, it's a just a different way to say it. If you're stuck in the past, you keep, <laughs> you keep, Oh, that's so interesting. If you're stuck in the past, you can't like, if you want a boyfriend, for instance, and you keep attracting the same guy, it's because you're stuck in the past. You're not, you have to be present. Like we know in order to get anything new or to fill into something new. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, but I'm just going on that thought for a second of this creation of things like a crystal. Let's I can because I can remember being in Tibet and having a guy come off a mountain and you know to the car and roll down the window and then out of a bag he pulled all these crystals out that he had, you know, carved off a mountain. But that idea that they're all connected. So then if you think about the earth being all connected and all the systems in the earth, so all rocks are connected. It's a little bit like the Native American indigenous people belief of wakantanka the great spirit and just got the fungus as well is in everything and yeah. and, and fungus is a wonderful example because it's not human and it's not plant it's something else it's a third thing so you just have to allow there are so many things on the planet we don't really understand we can't categorize we have to allow she wants to, she wants to go back to your dream so. creating creating uh things out of intent also i i was the under the impression i was pulling this energy forward towards me i was calling upon it to come towards me as opposed to ideating it so she said just she just showed me the beginning of our the beginning about you and your beautiful wife who i adore um sherry about how when you met her you said oh let's just get married and have two kids like you set the ball rolling, you threw it so far out there <laughs> that you, you you yourself caught it and said, okay, I'm gonna make this happen, right? That as well as being aware that my life planning session included sharing up, you know, putting her hand up and saying, yeah, I could play that role. And that same sort of thing, you know, because in the, like in the film, Hacking the Afterlife film, um, there's an example of a guy having a life planning session and he goes through all of the previous lifetimes that he like went through to go, I didn't get this. I didn't get that, but I want to do it in this life. And so there he was presenting it to all of his teachers. And in the audience were all the people who were going to participate in his life. So it would be like you and I somewhere along the line in my life planning session. And I see you walking by and I go, Hey, Hey, excuse me, uh, Jennifer, would you mind participating in my life? Uh, you are. Can I help you? Yeah. <laughs> but that idea, uh, because I've done like six hypnotherapy sessions and, and uh, it gets clearer each time. This life planning place where I was with, a, you know, my dad, my mom, you know, my kids. I look out of the audience. I see other people raising their hand going, hey, don't forget me, Rich. You know, yeah. we can work together. I'll play that role that, you know, you need that help in. So I think what Lou is also saying, though, is that we construct our reality. I mean, it is a Buddhist thing. We construct reality every day. We add all these things to it. On the flip side, we also construct reality. You know what they said? It's so cute. So when you were saying that, she just showed me, like on the flip side, she just showed me a big present and just blew it to you. So we're, we're constructing whatever we're, they're helping us from the other side, making things happen here. Wow. But if the, we don't, just like the cell phone, connecting to them. If we don't, if we don't, you know, think that we're doing it, then they can't do anything about it. Or allow uh, that it's possible. It, it has to do. Oh, it's so brilliant. It has to deal with belief and structure. 
So the belief that you can, the belief that, that, you know, you can't, you can't be me and then think that I'm going to go into some baking contest and think that I'm going to win. You have to be in alignment with it as well. Yeah. Okay? Not some, some pie in the sky. Um, but okay. Hold on. That's so funny. You can do anything if you, if you want it bad enough, if you have the feeling, have the motivation, do something every single day towards it, it's going to, it gets easier and easier to grab all those presents that you're well, somebody. And Luana, let me ask you about this. Cause somebody asked me today, they said, do you think that cause your mom was a concert <laughs> pianist, that's why I was a musician or I became a musician. And I said, well, I, it's not based on a genetic structure. It's really based on a want. So, and you know, in my life planning session, I'm saying I want to be the son of that place, that person over there, because she's really good at playing the piano. And I know it's going to, I'm going to help me musically. It's going to be because I'll be able to create things with music. But then I had to think, well, wait a minute. Is there any other lifetimes I've had where I was a musician? You see, so right. you cut like a child prodigy comes back and continues on the studies they had before. Well, so, that's, why, that's why I think so many kids now, everything's like on super crack. Like I couldn't get into the colleges that I wanted to get into now. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. my daughter, for instance, which was fascinating. She knew that I danced, but didn't know that I danced in high school, that I did all these, you know, that I was a captain of our song, blah, 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 whatever that stuff is. She became that without, she wanted to dance. I never told her to dance. I never said, I'm like, okay, I just, was in a place to offer her, you know, I wasn't that dance mom. I was never that dance. Yeah. Mom yeah. Yeah. Or her. So that's interesting. Well, let's ask Luana or Jim. Was that, was that a genetic thing that her daughter was able to become a dancer or, or is it more that it goes back to that life planning session? Well, it's the essence of the group. So my mom taught dance. She taught dance. I took dance. My sisters teach dance. It's the essence of the group. So it's all part of that yeah, milieu or the art form, whatever the, the oils of the canvas of the painting. So like my mom was a concert pianist, her mother, you know, sang and played and church and all that other stuff. I'm sure there's other people. Uh, but also this also goes to like acting people who become actors, you know, it's, is it that their parents were actors or is it that they just decided to choose a lifetime where they could be one? Right. It's the essence of the group that you're born into or adopted into whatever group that you put yourself in. And also the, with adoption, that's a very interesting point because I've talked to people about that as well. We've seen this in the research where people might be born under weird circumstances and then they're you know adopted by somebody else, but eventually they find the group. They eventually what? find those people that, that, and now Lou, that was a little bit of your life because you were farmed out as a child and your parents split up. How did you find your group? And she said, thank God. Hold on. <laughs> and the parents splitting up. I just thought that was funny. Sorry. Um, well, thank God for them. Maybe not for her. That was rough on her. She said she was always interested in the big screen. She couldn't get enough of it growing up. And she loved music. So the combination of art, she's showing me like painting even. And so the combination of art and music and who she surrounded herself with that's fascinating because she was a terrific painter and i do have a number of never her canvases discussed that we never have and i have a couple of her paintings upstairs uh one of so her cats has a oh that's so funny because she showed me a cat scratching it all right lou i gotta ask you about this i gotta ask you a question this is a weird one i just popped up into my mind you see that cat there 
Now, Luana, talk about this cat. Is this cat the reincarnated cat that I own? (laughs) Like you, (laughs) she just showed me it being like, okay. She showed me three cats as the same as that cat. So hold on a second. Oh, interesting. All her cats? Absolutely. The same cat family, of course. It's the same cat family, regardless of what the cat's origin is. Because this cat was hers. And this is the last photograph that Luana took. And what's weird about it, I'm looking at this photograph and I realize our kitty that has grown up and now gotten to be a certain size, that's identical. I mean, literally didn't look like that way as a kitty. Then I started thinking, well, her name's Bonnie and uh, Luana's cat was Mr. Bailey. So is that is Bonnie Mr. Bailey? That's the question. You can say no, it's fine. I didn't know, but hold on. She said no. Okay, very good. Just wait, though. Wait, she has an explanation for that. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Same soul family. So it, it's not the reincarnated version. Like, I'm going to stay my birth uh, there. Okay. I'm going to go on and live as somebody else. So, yes. So it's like Bonnie and Mr. Bailey know each other. Listen, you know, Jennifer yeah. and I are, are so like friends. One, she showed me one, she, you know, like one DNA strand off from each other. So Jennifer and I are friends with Robert Town, the screenwriter. and All and he, day. <laughs> and so, and he, he called me as well. And he loves to chat with his dog on the flip side. And we always bring, right. and Luana knew Hira. So it's very easy to bring Hira in. Let's just ask Lou, anything that Hira might want to say about this animal family on the flip side conversation? Well, the first thing he said was he's the only he's the only Hira. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Hold on. Interesting. We all find our owners in various life in different lifetimes with various um we don't all come back at we don't always come back at dog as dogs or cats. It's like the I, same species, yeah. Right. He's but like, like another animal. Horse, and he goes, then a dog just was able to maneuver better. <laughs> he goes, because they had them as pets versus <laughs> horse was needed before. It's not necessarily needed now. And in order to be with my, you know, my, in order to be with Robert, I had to get into a size that he could be with me. So just so for the audience listening in, Hira, Robert's dog, who was nominated for an Oscar for the screenplay, Greystoke, uh, he came through Claire Isabel and told us about events that happened with him and Robert on Catalina Island that only Hira could possibly know. But he also said that he had been Robert's horse in a previous lifetime. And so this idea that, and he taught us, and since then we've heard it many, many times, different animals, but he taught us that concept that animals understand uh, consciousness and how incarnation works than humans do not. So as he said, he was able to find Hira, even though in all logic, Robert found him, but Hira found Robert. So he said that humans come back as different human, different types of humans. So you might be Buddhist, you know, you might yeah. be a Buddhist monk, you might be white, you might be of color, you might be, um, and you know, it goes on and I don't want to be politically incorrect with the way that I pronounce <laughs> the different version. Oh, we get it. Yes. You could be anything. Um, and so dog, you know, for cats and, you know, dogs and horses, they come back as any, you know, variety. Um, insects stay in the insect realm. That's interesting. Animals, oh, animals of the sea generally in that realm or they switch? They, they stay in the sea. 
he said. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. And so animals of the land, let's call them terra firma animals, walking around, they can switch back and forth much easier than... Well, I'm like, was I not a mermaid? <laughs> you are now. <laughs> Come on, I'm a mermaid. <laughs> well, Hira, I, I think it's... called me a siren. He was reading these art, oh, this book about archetypes. You're a siren. I'm like, do you know that what that is? And he goes, yeah, it's an archetype. I'm like, I'm a mermaid. <laughs> he goes, well, except that sirens lead men to their death in this. Show. I know. Well, I he pretty much doing the same thing this lifetime for him. Ha. Huh. So uh, the reason I brought up Hyra also is because somebody of the day said to me, you know, you really should write a book about animals on the flip side and talk about that because, you know, people are more invested in that than they are about talking to their relatives because they're still they have unresolved issues with mom and dad and grandpa and whatever it is. Or, you know, pain and love and all that other stuff. We should. Yeah. We should. Even the one, yeah. the story of the horse that I read about his mom. This wild, like, the horse yeah. now is doing amazing. You know, the one yeah. that I read where the, the mom gave it up because it had to, like, they were coming. It was a, it was a wild horse. And the mom wasn't there. And the, he kept No, looking. that's something. Yeah, I'm not aware of that. But that sounds cool. You're right. We should do it together. We did it. Well, I mean, I'm not saying. No, you. Oh, no, you're right. Of course, that makes so much sense. I was just thinking about all the times that we've heard about it. But of course, we hey. should do it directed. We should focus on, you know, do something like real time, you know, like line yeah. up 50 people. And well, we can have people if they want that and, you know, shoot you questions on Cora. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right? Uh, yeah. Well, they do. Um, so, Luana, is there anybody we need to talk to today? We only have Jennifer for a little bit of time. Five more minutes. Um, she wants to go back to your dream. Okay, okay please do. She's like, everyone needs to make our jobs easier over here. And by that, she means help them communicate by opening by up your mind. By believing in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, it's like an she's showing me like echo 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 like there's no substance to be given or to direct or to have happen uh, right it's like talking in an echo chamber they're mm -hmm. trying to talk to us and and we don't respond because we can't hear them but that's because we're thinking with our ears rather than with mental images rather than with like the movie coda where the whole movie the whole family they're speaking and communicating without any sound they're complex issues, et cetera, et cetera. They're trying to give us complex issues. We have to turn off our ears and think about it visually. Right. Um, she says she wants to talk about your daughter. Hold on. Did she have a, like an interview last week or a, a- Yes, yes, yes. She's been back in the saddle as an actor. Yeah. By the way, which I predicted when she was a super young, one of the first times that I met Richard and Richard was like, Hell no, no way. She's not going, I'm not going to allow that. You know, which a lot of parents have actors said, I'm like, she's going to be really good. She is going to be, she is good. And so, and this is Richard not even really saying anything to her. Like you just let her once again go on her own path. But so she's bringing that up. Hold on a second. And we have not discussed her daughter at all. Not at all. And so you got her back, Lou? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Back front sideways. She really is good. She's saying. Wow. She has to trust herself. She thinks that she might forget lines, but she doesn't. She improvises amazing and tell her just to do that. 
that's what they would rather see than just saying you forgot your lines. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, yeah. I'm not aware of anything that's happened with her, but she is really good. I was surprised, you know, when I, I, I think I filmed one or two of her auditions and uh, yeah. I, was, I was startled as a parent. Like, how you great know. is that? Yeah. yeah. Well, she has my little pink skull that I gave her. Remember? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, did she show you that? Is that what she's showing yeah, you? Yeah, she just showed me that. I totally, I don't remember so that. So should should we ha we tap on that? What should we do with that, Lou? Put it in her pocket or put it just. Okay, there's a, it helps to the intent. Right. It's not so much that the object is going to help you, but no. the idea of an intent is important, you know, whatever said, it is. She said that we'd all come in that little, we'll all, hey, we're in there. <laughs> you know, be in that little crystal. Hold on. And then she says, don't be stressed out, Richard. Me? Everything. Yeah, about your daughter. Everything's going to be okay. Well, you know, as you know, I've heard that, that sentence before. Your heart is literally outside your body walking around town with your kids. It's always the case, as any parent knows. And okay. bless their hearts. And, I, you know, you and I have this weird experience of allowing that it's possible that they know their path that the path and journey that they're on is the path and journey they're supposed to be on. So it's very important for people to, and what Jennifer just said, and what Lo, she's quoting Luana, is you open yourself up to the possibility that life, not only that life goes on, but that there are those who are watching and helping and guiding you. If you allow for that possibility, allow them to do that help and guidance, even if you don't believe in it, it's the idea of allowing, you could call them your gods, you can call them your pals, your peeps, but just allow that there are, and it might even be yourself, your higher self, helping you guide you down the path you're supposed to be on. Yep. If that makes any sense. All right. I think that's it for today. That's it for today. I think we solved everything. <laughs> and I just love that we've made people probably a little bit more confused. That's a little cool. bit more confused. And for all the people who do ask me about, you know, people who passed away recently, et cetera, et cetera. Again, I always point out that Luana is in charge of the guest list. She's in charge of the VIP list. And if she wants to bring somebody forward, she can. And, and you know, and that's also her way of, of saying it's more important what we're talking about here, allowing for the possibility that your loved ones still exist. And that allows you to communicate with them. And that's much more important to hear than a specific individual who came in and said, you know, don't forget to play the lottery on Friday. Right. <laughs> right. All right. We love you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Love you, Lou. Thanks for the advice. And the dreams were very unusual. What can I say? Okay. Bye. This has been Hacking the Afterlife podcast with Jennifer Schaefer. For more information, jenniferschafer.com, martinizone.com, or richmartini.com. Hacking the Afterlife documentary is available on Gaia.com via Amazon Prime.